All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast, you know, just life chats with Cass. I'm sitting here drinking some decaf coffee with what kind of creamer? With peppermint, <laughs> mocha, almond, coconut creamer. Yeah, baby. Just being a little extra on this somewhat snowy-ish morning. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Christmas tree up. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, this is one of my soul deep sisters, Lindsay Ellen Rain, and it is November, and yet the Christmas tree is up. Yep. And we just wanted to pop in and do a little podcast and chat and see what comes through and uh, hope that there's something in it for everyone. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess just start by telling us a little about what you want us to know about Yeah. You. So um, I'm Lindsay Ellen Rain. I met Cass about two months ago. I slid into her DM. <laughs> On Instagram, because that's what the cool kids do, and yeah, I just, I found Cass at a time in my life where I wasn't feeling very inspired um, myself, and I saw Cass just really owning her truth and really just embodying her work. Her life was her work, and it, it was really inspiring to me, and so this was about maybe six months before I met her and so I made a mental note that if she was ever in Denver or I was ever wherever the hell she was I don't know she was bouncing all over but if we were to cross paths I was gonna find a way to meet her and so I did she was in Denver she was visiting I messaged her timing hadn't aligned but she told me she was moving here and I knew that we would be friends and we met up right when she arrived and it was just very instant so so instant and it was the kind of friendship that my soul had really needed and been asking for and when I met her I knew like this is it this Mm. is this is what I've been needing and this is going to be a teacher and a friend and it's a love story (laughs) really so that's a little bit about Cass and I and um, a little bit about me is Uh, I'm a writer and a healer. I also integrate something called parts work into just about everything that I do. Parts work is this idea that your mind is broken up into different parts and that you also have a self. And your self is basically just completely ego-free. It's loving, non-judgmental. It's the part of you that is just essentially what we now view as enlightened. And then the parts of you, they represent your triggers and your memories and your past experiences. So when I work with clients, I work with parts. When I work with my emotional triggers, I work with parts. And even now a lot when I'm doing my writing, uh, a lot of my parts work is integrated into that. Mm. So beautiful. Thank you. And it's funny, one thing that just came through when you were talking about our story was just you just intuitive, you were like, I just knew. And I'm curious, what's been your relationship like with your intuition in your life? And how are you... Because for those of you listening, Lindsay is one of the most in-tune people with her intuition. Like, she's so clear. Yeah, but I've never asked about your journey with that. Thank you. Um, Honestly, when I was a little girl, I used to feel like I was really different. Um, I... I felt really connected to the people around me, strangers. I remember even this one instance being in a coffee shop and there was a really old woman and just crying, like crying to my mom that I knew she was going through something and I knew that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I remember I asked my mom about it in the car a little bit later. Do you think something was really wrong with her? I was just so obsessed. Was there something wrong with her? And my mom said, you know, I don't know. And I remember I was probably like six or seven years old. I I don't actually know the truth of if there was something wrong, but even to this day in my bones, I feel like there was something wrong with that woman. And throughout my life, 
I had a lot of other experiences where I would look at someone and I would just have this knowing, like knowing what they needed, knowing what they were missing, knowing if they Mm. were longing or suffering, but I didn't have a word for it. Mm. And I think it really was recently, it was in my journey, my healing journey when I got into therapy where I had a therapist tell me, you were very intuitive. Um, Mm. I, you know, you, and that is your gift. And I think just having that word that having the word is is new but the mm. experience of seeing someone and knowing what they needed or knowing that they were suffering and then being able to kind of express that mm. that that's something that i remember having as a little girl yeah. and yeah yeah and denying my gut also taught me a lot mm. i'm someone who also though denied my gut and then proving that it was actually strong and that i was right all along that was a huge experience for me wow. too you had to live the opposite yes it's interesting too when you say you didn't have a name for it and then once you get the name you can understand it mm-hmm. and I, I feel like there's so much in that. There's so much juiciness in that. Absolutely. You know, like that a label can actually give you access to a deeper understanding and connection to something. Like Absolutely. you didn't know it before. Yeah. It makes me think a little bit about mental illness and how mm. there's we're sort of rejecting these labels but I think we can it, it can kind of be both, right? So mm. you can have these labels that no you're not tied to it you're not going to necessarily forever be anxious you're not necessarily going to forever be depressed but once we give a name to that experience then it's like a permission slip to go deeper and explore it and Mm. I think for a lot of us those diagnoses of depression anxiety bipolar it's like okay now I have this permission slip to look deeper at what's going on with me and I think that can be applied to a lot of different things in life and it's it's so it's just changing the framing around yeah. what it's doing for you versus yeah. I mean I feel like most people get diagnosed and they're it's the death or the end of yes. them but I love this permission slip I yes. guess it's like marriage like I think marriage is a big fat permission slip for some people to fully commit mm. and to choose one partner and to really use that one partner as a mirror I think it's yeah it's kind of a permission slip what what are you working through or like what permission slips are you working with right now in in life the permission to be loud Mm. you're helping me with that (laughs) 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 that's not my strong suit um it's there I see the permission slip on my table and I'm kind of ignoring it lately but it's there and I know that (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. people like you who are really owning their voice and who are to some extent, like walking through the world screaming their truths without mm. an apology, like that, those are the teachers that I'm really looking for right now. And it's funny because those are the people that are coming into my life. So my permission mm. slip is kind of like a little dusty and sitting off to the corner in the right, but you're also my permission slip right yeah. now, too, by just seeing how you live. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm just curious, too, what happens when someone shows up embodied in the thing that you're trying to activate within mm-hmm. yourself like for you do you get small at first like what are the steps that you go through that then allow them to actually be a teacher versus so many people just run away from those people and judge yeah. them that was me I used to judge everyone around me that was the embodiment of things that I wanted to be but I was afraid to access yes so how do you lean into that so I used to get small yeah. that was my story is um people that were really loud and were all these things that I was and I would get really small and I would shrink further whereas now I use it as a teacher and what's interesting is something that showed up for me recently I have a friend who has a friend who is very loud yeah and there's something about her that doesn't really feel 
in alignment with me. It just, it doesn't feel aligned. And what's been really interesting for me is to still learn from her, even though I know she's not my person and I know it's not aligned. Like I'm still able to learn from her Mm. even through a distance. And so that's also been a little bit of my walk is, um, I do gravitate towards people that are a little bit more of a blend that can get soft and Mm. can also get loud. That being said, people that are just constantly loud and constantly screaming their truth and kind of vibrating on that frequency, that doesn't mean that I can't learn from them. And that's where I'm at. But it it wasn't always that way. I used to run so far the other direction. Whereas now I'm kind of just trying to observe. And it's cool because I hear the... um the point of recognizing them as teachers Mm -hmm. and I think I mean there's a point in my journey where I started recognizing every single person around me as a teacher Mm -hmm. every single thing activating me or triggering me as a teacher and yes I I haven't ever thought about when that switched in my journey you know Mm -hmm. like I feel like part of it was when I started becoming an owner of my life more and recognizing that I'm creating all of this but um what a gift of switching your lens and being able to say this person's a teacher for me and there's something in them that maybe I don't see in myself or haven't activated in myself. And I guess it's funny because at the root of it as humans, I feel like we want a sense of belonging. Yeah, absolutely. So then why it's so our ego, our mind creates the trap of, I don't belong to that person. I'm going to judge them. Yes. They're too loud. For me, it was people who partied and did drugs and yep. all that stuff. I was like, you do drugs once, you're addicted forever and yeah. and all of that. So just judge them. Really, there's something in there. So what would you say? I feel like what's coming through is a lot of curiosity just being curious exactly and that's why I actually love parts work is because the foundation of parts work is the self is just curious how you know that you're in the self how you know you're in the place of leader is are you curious and are you being compassionate that being said though you can be curious and compassionate and still withhold or still hold up boundaries that allow you to feel safe so that I think Mm -hmm. the balance is like not necessarily judging that person, but realizing, okay, for example, maybe drugs and, you know, partying don't make you feel safe. Don't label them bad, but, you know, hold up that boundary so that you feel safe. It doesn't have to create a story about them, but it's just holding up that space so that you can feel good and you can be nurtured. Wow. Um, Because I'm actually, even now at this age, I still have this feeling of like hard drugs cannot have that around me. Yeah. Um, active addicts really hard for me to be around I need really strong boundaries around that but I have so much compassion for them yeah and that took that took a long time to go from judgment to compassion and still hold up my boundary wow and what would you say has shifted in your life when you move from judgment to compassion if you look at the time in your life where you started to become curious and compassionate how has life been different than the times when you're judging it's softer. Mm. Life, life is lighter and softer. Mm. And how I check in with myself, how I know that I'm judging someone is if I feel heavy. Um, I used to think heavy meant sad, heavy meant depressed. And mm. I'm realizing for me, heavy means judgment. Mm. And so if I'm feeling light and I'm feeling soft, then I'm living my life through the place of my higher self. Wow. That's so beautiful. And I just got this image of like the word that just came through was you've just alchemized life into love. Yes. Love is light, yes. and so when you're heavy and you feel judgment, it's almost shifting. Like compassion and curiosity are access points to love, and I feel like that's yes. a different frequency than yes. the heaviness of judgment. Yes, um, my therapist actually said something to me last week that really struck me. On that note of everything being love, he said I was, I was talking about how, having to put up more boundaries in a relationship, and he said boundaries are also just love. 
like boundaries are teaching the other person how to love you mm-hmm. even if they're not in your life and so I've been now also trying to shift how I think about boundaries because I put a boundary up and then I think okay I'm, I'm protecting myself I'm making myself safe but then I lose what am I doing for that other person I'm also that's also love mm. I can love that person a lot easier and a lot better with that boundary up a lot of yeah. the time it helps me see them more human and it removes the judgment and it's so beautiful because, I mean, I just recently, as you know, got out of a partnership. Right. And leaving the partnership was choosing love. So I just got goosebumps. Did you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Liz gets goosebumps. I did. I get goosebumps the when there's truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much truth around me right now. Because, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we view love as this beautiful picture of life and it's all these things. But love is actually listening to your heart. Saying no to the relationship, saying no to the boundary, saying no or yes to the boundary, whatever it may be. But I think that's such a beautiful reminder of um, how love has been hallmarked and romanticized Mm -hmm. and Hollywooded and we all have different images of it. And it's interesting. I, I think we often in our world, we're all talking about the same topics, but I guess we forget to ask, what is your definition of love? What is your definition of boundaries? Like, because we can operate in a conversation where we actually are thinking we're talking about the same thing but we're actually not yes so it's interesting to get curious actually about people's beliefs around things yes I I again have chills all up my body when you say that because I think in the spiritual world one of the things that I'm struggling with is this feeling like okay well we are all saying the same thing so then people stop listening or people Mm. disengage but like the juice the real good stuff is the why like okay so you're a reiki master how did you end up here okay so you're a healer what does that even mean to you that's what i want to start getting curious about not just what are your services but how did you even land here because that's how i'm going to want to come to you that's how i'm going to connect to you okay and so what would you say your journey is with becoming a healer and What's called you to this work? So the jagged path, uh, how I always say to you, you know, I walk a jagged path. Like in my meditations, in my writing, that always comes through for me. My Mm -hmm. journey has just been very jagged and I resisted that for so long. I wanted Mm -hmm. things to be perfect. I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to be thought about a certain way. And to some extent, those things are still very true. I still do focus a lot on how other people perceive me but the truth beneath that is I'll never walk a straight path and no one ever does and when I really owned my jagged path that's actually when my healing began it wasn't necessarily when I got into therapy the first time it wasn't necessarily the first time I saw a healer it was when I owned my jagged path in every conversation that I had I was just literally showing up and speaking the truth about my life and not hiding anymore and you speak often about the paradox. Yes. Can you touch on that? And that is... Because that's the jagged that's path. That's the jagged path, baby. <laughs> um, yes. The paradox of... I'm getting chills again. Um, the word paradox, and I'm like chills everywhere because... She has a tattooed all over her face. All over me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to forget this one. <laughs> I want to forget that one. Oh, man, the paradox is everything. It's it's mm-hmm. love, it's tension, it's suffering, it's joy, it's how we experience ecstasy. It's it's the duality of life, and it's, it's why we create. It's how we experience all of these really deep emotions because the paradox of life is the ability to sit with two conflicting truths at the exact same time. Like, just 
think about that. Think about mm-hmm. what your body goes through to actually experience joy and pain at the very same time. The fact that we can do that mm. as human beings, that we can feel both at the same time, that we can release someone and miss someone at the same time. Mm. Holy shit. Like, yeah. We are incredible, and that is incredible. And your art, like the things that you've written, the things that absolutely touch people, I guarantee it's always birthed from that paradox. Yeah. Wow. Always. Wow. And so that's one of the things that I've been working with clients with and my, and my dream is to really help people be present to the paradox every day. And what does that do for people? What does it give them access to? It gives to? you freedom because you don't have to choose. You don't have to choose, I am joy. I am sad. I am mm. over this person or I miss them. You don't have to choose goodbye and hello. You can choose it all at the exact same time. I think that's the ultimate freedom of life. Wow. And how does parts work lace into this for you? Parts work is the paradox because our parts are constantly in conflict with each other. Mm -hmm. And if you think about when you talk to someone about a conflict, you say, a part of me feels this way. Mm -hmm. Well, really, that is actually a part of you. There is a living part of you that really has this story that is maybe in conflict with another part of you. So just as an example... You go through a breakup and there's, you're like, yeah, I know yeah. What that's like. <laughs> you know, you go through a breakup and there's a part of you that wants to leave and there's a part of you that wants to stay. But you go a le- level deeper than that and what are those parts stories? So mm-hmm. maybe you have a part that is so, so scared of abandonment because of this very specific memory that happened in your childhood. But then you have another part of you that's just yearning for freedom because maybe when they were 12 years old, they felt so free and so alive and so playful and they're constantly trying to get back to that place. And those two parts are going to be in conflict and being able to sit with both of those parts and let them have their story and not make them have to choose, just get to know them first, that's freedom. Mm. Um, I, I truly believe, and I say this a lot, I think so much of our suffering is just built on this idea that we have to choose. If we mm. didn't have to choose, I think so much of our suffering would be eliminated. And I think that parts work is a way to access that. Yeah. Wow. And choose the part or choose... Because, I mean, like, today right. I had to choose to turn down a house. Right. So, but it did cause me suffering. So you, you created a choice and it yeah. did cause you suffering, but those parts are still living inside of you. And the longer that you still live with both of those parts, yeah. the less suffering that you're going to feel. So the choice will still create suffering, but it's not that the part oh, is creating that suffering. Cool. You're not saying, like... Because I made this choice, I am X, Y, and Z. I am sad. Whatever. Exactly. That yeah. part just lives inside of you. And the really awesome thing about parts work is, okay, you made that choice. Now you can sit with that part of yourself and you can figure out how to give it what it needs. So yeah. I don't know what that will look like. You'll right. spend time with that part to figure that out. But you can still give it things that, it's, that it needs. You don't deny it completely. Yeah. So, and then... So Lynn's and I have been doing some parts work. She's yes. been working me through parts work for myself. And so I, I'm going to share my experience of it and just my definition of it. Yes. And then I'll share a little bit about a couple of my parts. But yeah. I basically, similar to what you're speaking about, about this breakup, right? Mm-hmm. There was, I was dating this beautiful man for the last eight months and we had broken up now, I mean, three times. <laughs> and <laughs> this is the last time, right? Like, we know this is final. But the first time, it, it, became, it came from a very impulsive part that was like, ah, I can't do this, or I'm not into this, I'm not attracted to this. And then the action was impulsive. And so then left me feeling really guilty. 
And then the next time it was the same thing, very impulsive, and that left me feeling really guilty. And until I met Lindsay, I didn't understand it because it felt like it was my truth in that moment and it felt so clear because that part was just taking the ride and driving and it felt so good to be in the lead. And mm-hmm. and then the afterward feeling guilty was the t- a terrible feeling which led us to opening the door again and having more conversations. Right. And I love this concept that all of our different parts are different ages that have different needs and they have different voices and, and they have different roles that they play for us. And having access to understanding this in my the last breakup that we went through really allowed me to get to the place of surrender and what Lindsay's really helped me with is understanding what each part needs and not always giving it that like one of them you know one part wanted to text him I miss you but that's right. not going to do anything right so what I love is that you're you're compassionate towards that part and then you're curious about understanding why right and being the leader being the self leader behind all these parts and the biggest gift that Lindsay has given me with this breakup was I have a little girl who's a part, her name is Sunshine, she's six years old, and you can name your parts, you don't have to name your parts, Um, you can work with Lindsay on accessing your parts, which is amazing, but Sunshine just wants a warm, loving family, and she wants a fireplace, and she just wants a love, and she just wants that family, because there was a time in her life when it, she didn't experience that in that way, and so what Lindsay has helped me do is asking sunshine what she needs and what sunshine needs right now is she wants to stay in sam's room Mm -hmm. so she's in sam's room sometimes sometimes she's with me but she has a little air mattress in there and it's given me access to kind of reparent that part of myself and give her love and compassion and create a relationship knowing that myself is moving forward and not that i'm not because she's still there but it's she's a part of my whole but she needs that right now yeah and that's great and then now i don't come from an impulsive place of her voice she's, exactly she's happy she's got a blanket right because you can give her what she needs and and when we say about like when we say that it eliminates suffering it's because she's able to be in that room and she's able to live out her wants and her needs no she can't necessarily text Sam whenever she wants yeah. or like go over and have a booty call whenever she wants like there are some yeah. things as her parent that you have to maybe some boundaries you have to put up with her but if she wants to stay in his room or if she even yeah. wants to write him a letter, you know, she can do those things. And we, I think we really hurt ourselves by not giving those parts what they want because they're not wrong. That's the other thing is like, so long as they're yeah. not living out those impulses, they're not wrong for having those feelings. And we talk a lot about no feelings are wrong. Well, what does that look like? And parts mm. work really actually to me embodies what that looks like to say wow. all of your feelings are valid. All of your parts are valid. Yeah, you're actually going deeper into Mm -hmm. it. So for someone listening out there who is like, what do you mean and what is my part? What what is something you would have them do right now to understand a part or access it? So the primary question I like to lead with if you've never done any kind of parts work before is where is there tension in your body? Because tension always means polarization. So we know that you're probably having two parts in conflict. And then what I would say from there is to close your eyes and picture what that tension looks like inside of your body. You know, for you, and it it shows up as like a little girl or a little boy, you have a really good job, you do a really good job of accessing that part quickly. But for someone starting out, maybe it's a black blob in their chest. Maybe it's a red energy around them, but just feeling into that part of them that feels conflict and spending some time asking it, what is its story and why is it here? And journaling Mm. on that for a little bit, that's a really good place to begin separating from your parts. Mm. And the, the main takeaway with that is be curious. As the self, just be curious. Don't judge it. 
don't push it too far. Just be curious about what its story is and, and start to slowly get to know it. And then would you say, you know, check in on it? Or? And then check in on it. Yeah, check in on it in a couple days. See if it has anything else to tell you. Maybe it's changed. Maybe now it's ready to show you an image and an age. Maybe now it's ready to tell you how long it's been there. Um, but kind of just slowly keep checking on it. The The science proves that um, parts work really will begin working after a month of checking with a part every day. So with my clients, it's literally a daily practice of how's your part doing? And it could be as simple as taking your shower and saying like, hey, sunshine, how, how have you been today? What What's coming up for you? What do you need? And sometimes they just need a hug. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's closing your eyes and literally giving that part a hug. Mm-hmm. I have a part that's like this angsty teenager and sometimes he just wants to kind of hit me. Yeah. As weird as that sounds. And you let him? And I let him. <laughs> and then I say, as the self, I'm like, listen, Andy. So it's a dude. I, it's, yeah, it's Andy. He's one of my anxious parts. I'm like, I love you and I'm not going anywhere. Because what I've realized is that he's just scared of me leaving him. He doesn't trust me. He doesn't trust that I can handle his anxiety and his worries. And so I let him take it out on me and I say, okay, I'm still here. I'll check in with you tomorrow. And he's starting to slowly, slowly quiet because he sees that I'm not leaving. Wow. How many parts have you uncovered? Oh God. I'd say I'm probably close to about 50. Wow. And for some people... Like, I don't say that to make people think they have to uncover all their parts. For some people, you know, maybe it's working with two really activated parts in you, two parts that are really coming up. For example, I have a client who's going through a divorce. And so there's just one part of her that is so activated and so impulsive right now. That's where we're focused. I've been doing this work for two years, so I have some bigger parts that are quieter now that it's allowed space for some of these other parts to come up. Wow. Yeah, it's just so cool. It gives permission for your whole humanity. And yes. I, there's so much freedom in that. Like, Chills again. Yeah. It's, wow. That's what it is. And it, it's so it feels so conflicting to live in this world because, you know, you're going I'm going over to a guy's house and I'm so excited, but I'm not excited and all these things and we think we have to be one thing and we're not yeah. one thing. We're so many yes. things. And we're so many people. And this is what I love this concept, my friend Emmy and Mingmar, who are married mm-hmm. and she talks about She's like, I'm not, they're married in a, in a quote monogamous relationship. Right. She's like, this isn't monogamous. I'm a different person every day and every yes. moment. He's a different person every day and every moment. And we're choosing each other every day, regardless of what parts are coming up, regardless mm-hmm. of what parts are activated. Yes. And it's such a beautiful gift. Yes. And let me tell you, your friendships and your romantic relationships will explode in the most beautiful way when you start introducing your parts. We've experienced it together. I've experienced it with my husband. You get to know the complexity and the beauty of someone on mm. such a deeper level when you get to know their parts. Because we do show up in relationships usually maybe showing one or two parts of ourselves. Yeah. And when you really start to actually speak from those parts and then eventually speak from the self, it's just yeah. it's beautiful what it opens up. You unbox your soul to someone. Mm, fuck yeah. Damn, my ears are ringing right now. It's got to mean something. <laughs> it's got to mean something. Something is opening. Ascension. Um, but it's, I also, this is a great segue because Lindsay and I co-created a, a workshop. It was yeah. essentially a mini retreat that we did in Denver last weekend and two weekends ago. Yeah, Everything's just a week ago, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was just last week. I broke up Yesterday. last week. But it was called Sacred Release. And I think it's really exciting and important to kind of reveal the behind the scenes of what co-collaboration actually looks like because talk about intimately creating something with someone and having money be a part of it and having your voice be a part of it and having expression and 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 Mm -hmm. and you don't want to disrespect them or hurt them or whatever and so 
doing this parts work with Lindsay allowed us to actually have conversations from our parts when we were triggering different parts. And, you know, it basically just started getting triggered right before the event because it was yes. just like, holy shit, it's going down now. This is real. Leading up to it, it was very open and yeah. clear. Not that it wasn't towards no. the end, but it was different. So, do you want to take it away? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cass and I luckily had been doing parts work together for a little while, but, you know, we were really in the flow of creating, creating, creating. And then I think a few days before the workshop, shit got real. And I think we both... <laughs> Not, I think we, I know we both had parts of us that got really triggered and what came up for us, I don't want to speak too much for your part, but what came up for me is that I had a part named Clara who just really hides. Um, actually Clara and Dawn, I had two parts. (laughs) I just realized that, yeah, Clara (laughs) and Dawn, uh, both of those parts actually really, um, like to hide and just aren't comfortable using their voice honestly at at a very simple level they're not comfortable using their voice and they they feel like they just need to shrink and Mm -hmm. they they're just very quiet and they work together in this way where they're kind of like okay well we have each other we can just kind of hide out in the background we don't need to really use our voice we don't really need to be in our power we don't really even understand what that is and we're just gonna let other people take the show But then I have other parts of me, I won't go too much into that, that get really resentful of them for not speaking up and Mm -hmm. resentful of other people for feeling like they didn't give these parts a voice, but yet these parts can't express themselves. So Mm. it's this really frustrating dynamic for all of my parts involved. Yeah. And then Cass came to me, and I'll let you kind of speak for your parts of what you were kind of moving through. Yeah, I have a little girl, and you don't have to name your parts, but I I have. And her name's Clara, and she's 12. Yeah, you had a Clara. And yeah, and Clara got really activated and Mm -hmm. you know some people say triggered some people say activated Mm -hmm. I like activated because there's a lesson behind it but she feels like she's lived her life begging to speak and be heard and to open and be this leader and power in her life and I as the self haven't given her opportunities for that and so as we're getting closer to the event she was just wanting to take she wanted to be bossy she wanted to take over she wanted to be the one she was like why is there another person here you know like that was yeah. so it's the complete opposite of Lindsay's parts which wanted to just hide so without talking about any of this it could have it literally could have gone that you know and also I think what's interesting is when you get triggered you start to judge yourself for feeling yes. that way especially in a co-collaboration right so if, if we didn't have this open dialogue neither of us would have talked about it we would have gone into the retreat and we would have been operating on top of the unspoken truths mm-hmm. which it doesn't work, you know? And these are just feelings and emotions that are coming through. They aren't our, they aren't our identity. They're not our self. They're part of our mind. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we able we were able to talk about it because and, and open up about what these parts needed. They were able to meet each other. Um, they were able to speak out loud, even just saying, like, I'm just wanna I don't feel like I belong here or I feel like I just don't want you here, or whatever yeah. the part needed to say. And it allowed us to again, unbox our souls to each other in a way that was so invaluable right before co-creating and co-collaborating and co-holding a space for women to release. Yes, absolutely. And it was a really good check-in for us during the workshop, actually, to be like, how is Dawn and Claire doing? Clara meaning... Cassie's Clara. Clearly my Clara took your Clara's name. (laughs) And that will actually happen too, because I feel like you had an L. I did L with one L. So yeah, it's that'll be that's a side note. But yeah, it was a really good tool for checking in 
to be like, hey, how is your part doing? How is my part doing? How can we support each other's parts? Because it's not just about me supporting Cass. It's also right. about Cass supporting my part and me supporting her part. So Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool. I think you broke it down. Like, it, there was the check-in before when mm-hmm. we were activated, check-ins during, and then we took days off. We didn't see each mm-hmm. other, not on purpose, just because life. Mm-hmm. And then checked back in about how we were feeling after, if there were things that happened during it. Mm-hmm. And it felt like we just put everything on the table. Yeah. And I think this is... I was talking to two other girlfriends the other night about this, mm-hmm. about just how it almost feels like in a, in a relationship or in a friendship, the two of you, in the beginning, you're building the table together. You both have tools to build the table. You both are strong and on your own. You have a foundation, mm-hmm. but you're building something together, you know? And then once the table is built, your only job is to continue to put on the table whatever your heart is saying, whatever your parts are saying, whatever is coming mm-hmm. up for you. And I had this, this joke around how, you know, maybe there's there's a piece of pie that I want to put on the table, but I'm afraid to say it because I'm afraid it might hurt her feelings or it might hurt his feelings or whatever. But if I don't say it and if I don't put this on the table, then I'm going to view them through the lens of that piece of pie. Yeah. I'm going to see them through that. And my, that part of me is just going to look for evidence for why that story is true. Yes. And I think this is, this is one of my biggest practices in life is about speaking my truth from my heart. And mm-hmm. I really love this parts work because it gives access to... I have so many truths on my so many big hearts, you know? Right, like, right. And, and it's so beautiful to be able to express it from, this isn't me, this is a part of me that is feeling this way. Yes. And, and also knowing what that part may need and being heard so that this table is strong and everything's on the table and we're loving what's on the table. And when there comes a time, like in relationships, when you're bringing everything to the table but you're realizing that this table is no longer a table to be a part of, you know it's okay to walk away because everything is out there. Yeah. You've said it all and you've tried and it just it doesn't taste good or it doesn't work or the flowers don't look good on that table. Right. But if you're not bringing it and speaking it and sharing it, you're not connecting, you're not growing, you're not feeling like your heart is being heard and you're feeling that heaviness because then you're judging yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And what I and on that note too of like bringing everything to the table, I think it also gives you the ability to speak your truth and not ex- expect an apology or not necessarily a resolution. It's just you speaking your truth, which is really wow. you speaking this part. They might not necessarily give that part what it needs, but you can. And you take the power back. And we talk a lot about self-healing. And to me, that's the power of self-healing is yeah. I'm going to share my truth with you. I'm going to share this part of myself with you. But the responsibility is not on you to take care of the part. The responsibility is on me. And then whether or not they can meet you there, you you find out. But it's less about them and it's more about you yeah. and your part. You know, you bring up such an interesting point about I, in, in my journey of speaking my truth or sharing these voices from these parts, I haven't been comfortable being messy with someone. So I feel like I go, I clean up my mess on my own and I come back with the solution because I'm afraid to not have a solution. Right. And what one of the things that Sam taught me was how you can actually co-collaborate on a solution mm-hmm. or... Sometimes just speaking it out loud is the solution, yeah. but the bravery and courage of sharing something that you don't know how to resolve it or how to quote fix it is it's it's so brave and so courageous. But that is the way. That's the way to that heal. Is the way. Yeah. To Think about after the workshop when we got together and we did both speak to to two things that had kind of hurt us, you know, and yeah. not even I wouldn't even say hurt us, but triggered us. Yep. Triggered parts. Yeah. There was no need to like apologize. There was no need to mm. make something out of it that it wasn't. It was just us speaking our truths and then kind of figuring out together, okay, like how can we move forward with that? But it didn't, it wasn't, we didn't create a story. 
because right. we just spoke from that part. Right. And I think the story is where, like you said, we start to live out these relationships through projections. Mm. And then you don't even get the chance to figure out if you want this person in your life or not because it's out of a projection. Right. Wow. So fucking cool. Yeah, it's wild. It's so wild. It is wild. So where would you say, like, what chapter is this in your life right now? What season are you in? I'm in, I'm very much in a rebirth. Rebirth. Still. Um, I just turned, how old, 28? I'm like, how old, Cass, how old am I? Yeah. I just turned 28 and I had said it, it was a rebirth. I went through a really big shed this summer and I mm. think that really, truly, this is a rebirth. And it, you said the word shed. Someone recently told me that a snake, after it sheds mm-hmm. its skin, it goes and it finds a rock to hide behind, or I mean, a tree or right. whatever, some bush, <laughs> definitely a rock, <laughs> um, before it goes back out in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think we think, in my mind at least, I thought about a snake shedding its skin and immediately growing it back and like yeah. being out in the world. And I just love that that permission for the pause. I never knew that, and that makes so much sense because I think I'm behind a rock right now. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It doesn't feel like isolation because I've been yeah. there, and that's yeah, not yeah. pretty. That's like yeah. ten feet under the ground. Yeah. Shit. Um. So, but yeah, I think I'm a little bit nesting, and it's part of the rebirth, and I'll be ready to come out. Where are you? I w- a month ago, I was in the stripping. I felt mm-hmm. like everything that wasn't supposed to be my life was leaving my life. And, and I guess that's a more sexual way than, than saying shedding. Is this anything? But it feels for it's, you. It's, uh, <laughs> like, I'm just like it off. So, yeah, I, I feel, I really, I guess, I, I feel like I'm in winter. I really do feel like I'm in mm. an actual season. And... I have this desire, like I just, we're in Lindsay's apartment, I just want to curl up over there and just read a book and just hang out and go inward. Um, It feels like I am at a whole new beginning, a whole new chapter. I left my coaching program, my relationship ended, I'm looking to move and I'm, yet I'm staying in this new city, I'm meeting new people and I just want quiet. Yeah. And I'm also judging that part of it because, um, you know, it's funny, my friend Bree um, from Denver was telling me the story of, she went to a Women Who Were Under the Wolves retreat, and there was a mythical story about the princess, there was a king living in his kingdom, and all these knights were looking for the princess, and they couldn't find the princess, and they finally found her, and she was walking down this stone hallway, and she jumped into this little doorway that she could only fit into. And so the question was, where do you go to hide? And, you know, you can also view yourself as the king and the knightsmen and the princess. Really interesting. Just myth- mythology to understand yourself in different lenses. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I hide by being with people. Because I love being around people. People really are my medicine. And um, I am at the point now where I feel comfortable just being completely quiet around people. I would judge myself before because I'm the outgoing one who carries the conversation. And now I can go and I can be around people and be quiet. But... In those moments, what's really begging to move through me is to go be alone, like to go properly be alone and let, you know, all the answers and all the things come through in that solitude and still see people, but really prioritize what it is that is needed for me right now, which is this cozy nook of a studio in wintertime with snow and candles and fireplace and a fireplace. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I feel that for you. 
So, what are your last words for the world? So, I think I have a cool thing that we could do that I actually heard a version of this on another podcast, and I want to start asking everyone this. If you had, like, a day left to live, what would be the truth that you would leave everyone as your gift? Like, if you're, mm. if that was your medicine for everyone, just one truth you could choose. And so maybe we could answer that. Mm, <laughs> I love that. Do you have yours? Um, yeah, I think I'll just echo something I said earlier is you don't have to choose. Mm. Yeah. Mine is something like it's it's like just share your heart, just use your voice and play. Mm. I'm feels so cute. <laughs> play. Play. Yeah. And um Yeah, and just the truths from the heart. You're like a professional player. <gasps> but player. Not, I'm like like the like yeah. you know, have like yeah. ten guys on the side of me, yeah. but <laughs> Yeah, play. I do. You have I to do. play. But what's been beautiful is allowing the other parts of me that want to just nook in yeah. to come out. And letting that be part of my identity. Like holding more space for all of my identity. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to choose. Because I don't have to fucking choose. Mm-mm. I don't have to choose. No. And one of the other things I did want to say too that Lindsay's really helped me with is when the judgment comes, speaking to the judgment as if it's a being or an energy and asking yeah. it. What do you have us do? Move aside? Ask it to move aside. Because your judgment is a part. Usually it's many parts. And even practicing this when, you, when you're viewing someone through that projection lens. Like I try this a lot when I get really activated by someone and really upset. Yeah. I ask the judgment to move aside. And then looking at them through that lens without the judgment, it's pretty wild what comes up. It doesn't mean they're your person, but it definitely helps you look at their humanity. And if you can do that to yourself then you're going to view your own humanity. So when you feel that judgment come up, just asking it to gently move aside and see what other part really needs the healing. Because your judgment is a protector. Mm, I love that. Wow. And you are so powerful and so beautiful. And it is so... I love your voice. and I love what you have to share with the world. It's so amazing and so incredibly loving. And you embody all of this work. You are this work. You are a living, breathing, moving poem of compassion and curiosity. Thank you. Yeah, that's you. Thank you. So, so where can people find you? How do you work yeah. with people? So I do one-on-one sessions. One-on-one, I was calling them writing and healing sessions. It's evolving a little bit, but basically we do a mixture of parts work, like what Cass and I were talking about, and then um, also writing techniques, different forms of narrative therapy and rewriting your story. So a combination of that. So I do one-on-one work. I host some workshops, so you can look out for some workshop dates on my website. And then, so my Instagram is at Lindsay Ellen Rain, and then lindsayellenrain.com. That's where you can find all of my dates. How do you and spell offerings. your names? It's a oh, fun fact my last name is a mixture of my husband's uh, last name and my last name. So it's uh, Lindsay, L I N D S A Y, Ellen, and then Rain, R E I N. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, you, have, you all have to look her up and connect with her. And if you're ever in the Colorado area, she's a real live person. Real, baby. She's real. <laughs> she's here, baby. In the flesh. And she's going on her trip to Australia for a month. So if you're in Australia and you're listening, holla yeah. at your girl. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thank Cass. You for you're sharing your heart. Such a beautiful baby. I love, I love you. you. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. We're tuning out.